and welcome to Once More with Feelings, a podcast where we discuss the Wicked and Divine and our feelings. I'm Kate. And I'm Christina. And today we are discussing issue number 18. Yep, we're back into the storyline. I feel like this is fitting that this will be our first episode of the new year. It's true. It's a new year, a new arc. Yep. It's all coming back together. Yep. Do you remember when you got this issue, when you purchased this issue? Kind of. It's been so long, but it was just a lot going on Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out, holy shit, they are finally fighting back. This might work. (laughs) I remember because this issue, issue number 18, again, it was the beginning of the new arc. Persephone was back. This was confirmation that Laura hadn't died. Yeah. I remember that there was a variant cover for this issue that was exclusive to Emerald City Comic Con, which I purchased at Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, this was the year I couldn't go. This is the year you couldn't go, but that was the year that Kieran and Jamie were there. Yep. And I remember getting them to sign my issue of the variant cover and just being like, what have you done? <laughs> you guys, what have you done? Did they respond to that? It was just kind of Snickers. <laughs> Kieran asked me how my life was going. He's like, how's your life going? And I said, like, on a scale of one to ten. He's like, yeah. I'm like about a six and he's like okay above average (laughs) yeah that's great were you and lucy i believe so yeah i always am yeah (laughs) i just remember that and being like so excited to read the new issue because laura was on the cover persephone was back yep it's so good yay yep so we start at highbury in islington yes london and we see laura or persephone now looking in the mirror saying yeah i'm ready So apparently getting ready for a gig, and this hoodie is 2,000% extra. Pretty sure that hood is chainmail. It is chainmail, yeah. It's like gold (laughs) chainmail. Yep. Laura as Persephone always has the most extra outfits, but also like hardcore. I love that aesthetic. I love her aesthetic. Yeah. It's so good. You would have a chainmail hoodie. I would love a chainmail hoodie. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised you haven't tried to make the chainmail hoodie. I don't have free time for that. I would, though. You're making a dragon dress. It's basically the same thing, yeah. (laughs) So we find out that she wasn't just talking to herself. Mm -hmm. She's actually talking to not necessarily the same guy she booked with, but maybe the owner of this place, who knows? Some guy who works for the venue. Yeah. And who basically tells her, like, you know, there's not a lot of people here. Like, you're not going to hit minimum spend. Basically telling her that the crowd's pretty small. And also, she skips sound check. Like, he seems concerned. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, don't worry, I've got it, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, maybe you should talk with your management about all of these issues. And Persephone is just kind of like, yeah, management. (laughs) And we have a flashback to the gods' management, which is Ananki standing in her back garden, covered in blood, about to murder her parents. Yep. Covered in one of her best friend's blood, about to murder her parents. Yeah. And then we see the explosion. And this is all done in a completely different color palette to indicate the flashback. It's all in purples, except the explosion, the blood is red. And it's kind of like inverted. It sort of looks like an old 3D picture. A little bit, yeah. It's like a little out of focus and a little bit inverted. It looks cool. And her response is, the management kind of sucks. Anyway, good luck. Persephone, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. And the door closes, and Persephone looks up and goes, Tonight, I'm going to kill. Not ominous at all. Nope, not at all, especially with that expression. 
Then we flash over to Valhalla, where Minerva appears to be tucked away, sleeping peacefully with her little owl posed above her bed. Such an innocent little 12-year-old we don't have to worry about at all. But tomorrow she's gonna be 13, her fake parents come in to say. Yeah. They're popping in to be like, oh, our precious little Minnie, tomorrow's her 13th birthday, it's gonna be so much fun. This is like one of the few times I actually felt bad. Well, this was before we knew who Minnie was, and I felt like, ah, shit, her parents are awful. Right. Because they go on to list... You got a supermarket opening at 11, then a meet and greet for most of the afternoon, then your birthday party. All those people have paid $500 a ticket to be there. All that money just to see our special little girl. So these people that we now know are paid actors are completely taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. That's what they're paid for. Yeah, as we know, this is like why she got them here. Like, okay, pretend to be my parents and also like organize all of these events. Yep. I'm wondering if they also possibly brainwashed them to think that they were really her parents. But we see the owl is kind of watching over Minnie and there's a moth flying around and her parents leave thinking she's asleep. And then the moth goes into the light of the projection. Yep. And this is a very fancy pillow with the covers pulled up trick. The most fancy version involving holograms. Yep. Physical holograms, possibly. Where is the real Minerva, we wonder, and we find out immediately... That she snuck away to see the Morrigan. Oh, the Morrigan. And the Morrigan is, like, being dramatic, saying, you show your wisdom. And Minerva's just like, okay, I get it. I'm the goddess of wisdom. Great. Cool. Can you just tell me what this is? Like, why I'm here? Mm-hmm. And Morrigan's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. She's more dramatic about it. She's so much more dramatic about it. She's much more dramatic about it. She's going to say the truth of what's happening, what she knows about Ananki. Presumably what she learned from the Baphomet projection that appeared in her sandwich. But we now know this is basically Minerva playing double agent and learning everything that they know. Basically, yeah. And then we flash back over to Persephone's concert where we see some of the people we met last issue, issue 40. Yep. This is where a lot of those people show up. Yeah. I think Tom might be there. The girl who's one half of that relationship is there that we see. Both halves of that relationship are there in the first panel. The guy with the bowl cuts in the background. Yeah. No, I don't see the other one, though. I don't see the girl with the bun. She's further down on the page. She's like, or next page, sorry. Okay. She's on the next page. And so you see Laura stand up looking real serious and everyone's staring at her. So I think this is when the godhood starts to kind of roll off her. And we see her eyes change. And she goes, one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. And we start her first performance. Her first performance is intense. They look kind of like tentacles, but I'm pretty sure they're meant to be vines. Yeah. They're growing in from the sides of the panels, creeping in on all of the people. It's just darkness with these faded, edged, sort of desaturated pictures of people's faces as the vines creep in on their minds, presumably. And it just says... Persephone's in hell, Persephone's in hell, Persephone's in hell, over and over again. Yeah. And there's a dude, he squeezes his glass so hard it shatters, a guy's crying. A couple's holding hands real tight, somebody fell. Two people fell. Yeah, and yeah, no, we see at least two or three people falling, and it's just that over and over again. And I just imagine this to be almost screaming metal rock. Yeah, I can see that. 
Just something that creeps sort of insidiously into your brain. Yep. And then Persephone throws her arms wide and we see that the show's over. And there's this dude standing there stunned. And then he immediately busts out his phone. That's totally Tom. It might be Tom. I don't know. Everybody busts out their phones to take pictures of her to record, which is what she wanted. Yep. This outfit is so freaking extra. Like It is. That chainmail is gold to indicate like a halo. Oh man, I want it. Yep. Well, still like that's an extra hoodie while still being a very comfortable hoodie, I bet. Probably. And then we go back to Valhalla to the machine that Woden's making. This terrifying looking machine. Yep. And Anaki is not happy because this should have been done last week and it's not done yet. I need this tomorrow. And Woden's like, it's done. I'm just fine tuning it. I'd be happier if I knew what it actually is. And Anaki's like, you don't need to know. You'll know later. It's a birthday present for Minerva. To which Woden says, well, that is an ominous. And then we see the three symbols of the gods that we now know she has the heads of. Yep. We see Lucy, Inanna, and Terra symbol, and then a blank one. I think this is the first time chronologically that we learn that there has to be four. Yeah. Like, the mention of them needing four sacrifices is sort of alluded to. Yeah, it's one of the first hints, because Woden says, is Minerva going to be the fourth? To which Inanna's like, save your concern, she is too young. And it looks like we were about to get some more exposition from her, and then Woden's like, wait, there's a new god. <laughs> Hold on, I just got an alert. New god on the scene. <laughs> Yep, get everyone together. 911. And then that's what Ananki does. She assembles the gods who are here into the Valhalla like meeting room area. We've got Sokmet and Ball and Amaterasu who are all just kind of heard the call. They've come to see what's up. Mm -hmm. And Ananki busts in dramatically and says the destroyers returned, which everyone reacts to in different degrees of emotion. We have Amaterasu who seems like shocked and worried about this. And Ball is, of course, trying to be concerned for her. He's like put it upon himself to be the guardian of everybody, I guess. Yeah, it looks like he's trying to comfort her almost while looking concerned. And then Sokmet's just excited. Because mm -hmm. this probably means she gets to kill something. Mm -hmm. And then Ananki is just kind of like, okay, we gotta go. The destroyer's gonna kill people. We have to kill her before she ruins everything, before she destroys people. Yep. And Ball's ready. He's like on Ananki's tail. He's ready to go. And she's like, Ball and Amaterasu, you stay here. Mm-hmm. Because to Ball, this is personal. This involved Inanna. Yeah. That you dated for one month, dude. Like, <laughs> listen, he goes hard. <sighs> he grew up grief beard. <laughs> and so we see Woden... Like, different colors spotlights show up, and he says, okay, Valkyrie's showtime, and we see Valkyrie's disappearing, so these are, like, teleportation. This is honestly such a cool effect. It is. I'm angry that sometimes I like his aesthetic. And Ball's like, I get why you won't let Little Miss Sunshine, so another nickname, Yep. being kept on the bench, but you need me, I'm the best fighter. To which Bowden's like, you're hardly shown good impulse control? And Sakmet's, and you're not the best fighter, implying that she is. Yeah, and Sakmet gets to go. Yeah. Ananki kind of soothes him by saying, ignore Sakmet's teasing. We need someone to protect here. I entrust this task to you. Do what you've always done your duty, which I think is her alluding, like, you kill small children. You can do this. I think it's more of a thing of her, once again, their relationship, Ball and Ananki's relationship has always been like, He's the soldier. He's her soldier. Yeah. And he has to do the things that are difficult, but she trusts him to do them, sort of a thing. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't like this task, but you have to. It's your duty. 
And we see Ball go in and slam the door behind him, and then there's a knocking at the door. You missed a segment when she disappears into the portal. She's flipping them off. Oh, that's great. Yeah, segment in the background when she's sinking into her portals, just flipping everybody off. That's so her. But two seconds after Ananki tells Ball that it's his duty to protect Valhalla, there's a knock on the door. He just opens it and is immediately smacked in the face with a flame baton. <laughs> it's literally two seconds. Just somebody knocks on the door and Ball just opens it. Looking concerned, like, oh, hey, what do you need, Ananka? Yeah, he probably thinks that it's like, oh, they forgot something. No. Nope. Flame pipe. And it's Baphomet with his flaming baton just beating the crap out of Ball, literally, like there's blood. Yeah. And he just keeps saying, this is what you did for the Morrigan, and this is what you did from the Morrigan, or did to the Morrigan, again and again, beating him. He's like, I gotta go. We'll pick this up again. <laughs> And he runs into the building, leaving a prone and bloody ball lying on the floor. Yeah, like, we see a lot of blood, too, in that. But we know that fire does nothing. Yep. And so we then flash back over to Persephone's gig. There's some people slumped on the floor, but then there's a lot more people who are showing up. There are a lot more people now. Yeah, because it's gotten word out that this is another god. Like, we thought they were all here, but here's another god. So this is a big fucking deal. And then we see a green spotlight, which Persephone recognizes that, oh, here we go. And interestingly, the other spotlights, the ones that the Valkyries disappeared to anyway, there was not a green one. There was a limeish one, but there wasn't one that was this color green. Yeah, which means this was really well planned so that the other gods wouldn't see it. Yeah. Because what happens coming up from the ground is a bomb. Yep. Which Persephone recognizes, like, she was expecting one of the gods but they're playing dirty. Yeah. And what we get is a bomb, and she is shocked, and she's about to try to help. She springs into action almost immediately. She snaps her fingers, and it looks like these glowing vines pop out of the ground, once again sort of airing into the fact of Persephone being a god of growth and spring and life. Yeah. These vines pop out of the ground and wrap around the bomb, but not really soon enough, it explodes, throwing everyone around backwards, including Persephone. But that means Persephone just looked at it, pointed at it, clicked, and then everything blew up to everyone else's eyes. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are definitely the people nearby probably saw it appear. If they were paying attention. I mean, a green spotlight appeared in the middle of the room. Some people probably noticed it, but everyone gets thrown around. There's people thrown on the ground. There's debris everywhere. There's smoke. And Persephone says, like, okay, everybody stay down. Like, I got this. She's trying to say, you're all going to live through this, it seems. Yeah. We get blue spotlight, Woden spotlight, and a red spotlight, to which Nanki says, too late, such tragic brutality. So she fucking knew. Like, she had this line prepared. Yeah. Stop the destroyer before it harms anyone else. Literally, the bomb was a frame-up. Like, they're standing around the crater the bomb was in. Yeah. But it's a frame-up. They sent that ahead so that when they appeared, it would look like Persephone did it, not them. Pretty much. I don't know where the Valkyries are in this, but... Persephone says, aw, you did miss me. Care to try again? So like, hey, you want to try to kill me again? Let's do this. Hey, you didn't do it last time. Yeah. We cut back to Valhalla where Baphomet has busted into the Morrigan's jail room and he's ready to be heroic. He's like, I'm here. Let's skip the makeup sex and get out of here. And he's cut off in the middle of a sentence because he notices that Morrigan's already out of her jail. Yep. And it's like, wait, what? And then Minerva's there. Wait, what? <laughs> And the Morgan tells him, like, 
I told Minerva everything you told me about how Anaki's been killing people. And she saved me. She got me out. And Minerva's just in the background, just waving like, hello. Sup? Again, playing the tiny little innocent. And Morgan even mentions, like, I will not leave an innocent in this sunlit hell. She's like, we have to bring her with us. Yeah, we can't leave her behind. Yeah. Oh, Minerva is such a good game player here. Yeah. Baphomet's just kind of like, okay, sure, but let's leave. And Minerva's just kind of like, but we have to go get my parents. She says, I can't. I mean, I won't leave them. And kind of makes you wonder what she was about to say or if that's part of the thing. Yeah. But Baphomet's trying to stress to her, like, we have to go right now. Like, we have a fine deadline for this. We have to leave. We have to get underground. I do like this line. A deadline means a line if we cross, we will be dead. Yeah. And the Morrigan comes in and sort of soothes him, saying, like, listen, you lost your parents. You know what it's like. Do you want Minerva to suffer that, too? Do you want Minerva's parents to die? Mm. And he's like, fine, we'll go save her parents. <laughs> Again, it very much feels like this is probably a stalling tactic on Minerva's part. Yeah, because this isn't going according to plan. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to keep them here until the others can get back. Exactly. You asked where the Valkyries are. Yep, and we see them. They are outside the venue, and it looks like they're preventing anyone else from going inside. So they were given, I guess, this was to make it look like they cared about people. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They've got laser katanas, like, jeez. Yeah, and they do look real cool standing there. But we see a light burst out of the ceiling of the venue, and... Persephone gets thrown and busts into the ground, and we see that Sokmet's on top of her saying, don't you look delicious? Sokmet's about to try to kill her. Yeah. And Persephone's not having that, and so she clicks her fingers. This is like Persephone's thing now. It's like everybody did the clicking her fingers, but we associate it with Laura, sort of. We associate it with Persephone. She clicks her fingers, and more giant glowing vines bust out of the ground, throwing Sokmet into the air. Yep. And she does it again. And some grow out of her wrists, and they seem to be, like, whips. Like, I don't know how long she's had to practice her power, but she seems pretty in tune with it. Yeah. She whips all the Valkyries around, literally, like, disarming all of them in one movement. She does a sick flip. <sighs> Such a good pose. She looks majestic. It's a very cinematic panel. Yeah, the backgrounds are all these teals and pinks and purples. It looks so cool. And that's when Woden gets a good look at her, and he's like, Laura Wilson? Laura fucking Wilson? Yeah. And Anaki's just kind of like, we don't have time to discuss this. Just kill her. Yep. Don't let her escape. And Laura puts up an X to stop a blast. Is like, nah, you're not stopping me today. And her alarm goes off on her phone, her old cracked phone, which says diversion timer done. Which is the best timer. <laughs> yep. And she goes underground, to which Anaki says after her quickly. And it's like, she went underground. We're not going to find her underground. Wait. Ah, shit. This was a diversion. And Donkey's like, back to Valhalla. So without it being explicitly said, you can kind of get that Baphomet and Persephone are working together. Yeah. Because we haven't seen either of them for a very long time. We haven't seen either of them since that night Laura's parents died. Yeah. And they both make a reappearance at the same time. And clearly Laura is the diversion. So they're working together. They've coordinated this. This was all... A plan to get the Morrigan free. Yeah, because Baphomet probably wasn't about to wage war without her. And she is kind of a powerhouse. She's kind of a powerhouse. But we go back to 
Valhalla, we see the three musketeers here, Minerva and Morrigan and Baphomet, running down the hall, and behind them, spotlights appear in the hall, and the Valkyries just come out shooting. Yeah. Like, there's no discretion here. They just come out shooting. (laughs) And Morrigan and Baphomet, they sort of, like, bat the beams away. Freaking Baphomet says, there are definitely days when you think misogynists may have a point. Like, dude. But then the next moment, lightning crackles inside the building. Yep. Lightning comes out of the panels and there's a bolt of lightning as Ball appears before Baphomet. He's woken up. He's pissed. Yep. He says, we talk Morgan. Let's talk Inanna. And he headbutts him with lightning coming out of his eyes. Shattering Baphomet's glasses. Yep. Which, oh, I'm upset because like I get why you're going after Baphomet, but we know the truth. We know the truth. Yep. To be fair, Baphomet did try to kill Inanna. He just didn't actually do it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the gods always try to kill each other. I feel like it's the final thing that counts. Yeah. Yeah. And Minerva yells for Ball. And Morgan's like, a scarlet debt I owe you. Now it is the sky cunt's turn to piss blood. And she turns into Bave. I love this Bave because she's got those, like, nail talon things like those bits on the ends of her fingers that all look like crow skulls yes they do while still looking like they could kill you it's so extra very extra and murder of ravens is a bunch of ravens called a murder or is this crows crows is a murder ravens is a conspiracy ah well either a murder or a conspiracy attacks ball look at their beaks their beaks are serrated yep oh that might be ravens then and so Baphomet's like, head back. Oh, shit. Cut off. We are fuck, 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 fucked. It's okay to be scared, Baphomet. I know we're gods, but we're only human. So Minerva, I don't know what Minerva's trying to do. Yeah, I have no idea either. And she's saying it's going to be okay, to which Baphomet's response is, you have no fucking idea. Yeah. And enter Laura Wilson. Persephone as Machina. Yes. I guess technically still Dias as Machina. Yeah, still a god. She busts through the wall, like glowing vines. They look like almost cactus vines in a way. They bust through the wall, throwing shrapnel and debris everywhere. And she just stands in the middle of the destruction, riding a vine, it seems, holding a pomegranate. Because honestly, you cannot get more with the aesthetic. She's not even eating. Like, you can't eat a pomegranate like that. She can do whatever she wants. And she's just kind of like... So what part of the plan was unclear exactly? Because she went to the underground. She probably got there and saw that Baphomet wasn't there and was like, he messed up. We're supposed to get in, get out. What the hell? He fell off the plan. So she's coming to the rescue and Baphomet's just kind of like, can we just leave? Like, judge us later. And we see them slide down the vines, many going with them. And Ball's like, Laura? Because he thought she was dead. Yep. And- I get the distinct feeling that he possibly cared for her. She was never, like, a priority, but he did care about her. She wasn't on a nano levels, but she wasn't no one. Yeah. Do not follow the destroyer. I like this line. They think you a fool. Persephone tasted forbidden food in hell. Your favored fruit. Bum, bum, bum. We're about to see what that's talking about. Yep. And it took me until this reread to get what she was saying. Mm-hmm. To which Morgan kind of sneers, the days when we needed your lies are over, as are you. And everyone descends into the underground. To which Morgan says she is scared and rightly so. She knows the end is near. Now we wage war. So they have a god of war with them to wage war. 
Yeah. One thing, though, earlier in that page, we see Woden is touching the walls, confused as to how Laura burst through them. Yeah. So he possibly made these walls so that gods couldn't break them. Because God's Fido God, that would make sense. It saves on insurance costs. Want to keep everything contained. And she broke them. She busted through. She also knew exactly where to bust through. That's true. Well, I mean, she might have heard the commotion. Unless- Well, there's no windows. I mean, they're pretty thick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, hard to fathom how she did that. Yeah. We flash back to one month ago in the darkness. The darkness of the underground, presumably. Laura clicks her fingers and lights a cigarette, and in the glow from the cigarette, we see that she's lying naked in a bed, and next to her, looking kind of like, oh god, what did I do, is Baphomet, also lying naked in the bed. Yep. And both of them are just kind of standing there like, or sitting there like, mm. Oh. Uh-oh. And she turns and says, this was a mistake. <laughs> and we end with, don't call it a comeback, 23rd of September, 2014. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. This is a much shorter episode than our last few ones, but this was also something that went very quick. Yeah. It was very action-packed. There was a lot that happened in this one issue. Like, it was pretty dense, I feel. It was dense, but it just moves real fast, so I really recommend going through and rereading this yourself. Looking at all the art, the art's, of course, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. All the effects are gorgeous. And there's so much that's implied but not spoken in this issue. There's a lot of things that we're just getting a hint of. Yeah. Ugh, it's so good. And it kicks off a new era of figuring out exactly what's going on here. Yeah, because at first it was figuring out what to do after Lucy died. And now we go like, well, Lucy dying isn't the biggest thing here anymore. Nope. It's real good. But yes, that was issue number 18. Yep. Next up is 19, which the cover A is Dio. Yeah. Poor sweet Dio. Yeah, I'm real excited to see how this goes. Yep, we will do that next time. Yep, next week. Yeah, Christina and I pre-recorded up to this episode because of holiday things and family and plans. Yeah. So you guys are ahead of time. You possibly know more than us. We don't know what happens for like two weeks. Well, I don't think anything new is going to happen in two weeks but we'll see i don't know they might announce another kieran dance party at emerald city oh that'd be so good i'd love that yes i'd love to go to that we'll find out well, if there's any news that we didn't mention presume it's because it hasn't happened to us yet yep we're still in 2018 you guys are in the future i hope it's better over there we'll see <laughs> for the new year do you have any recommendations for the people kate oh i was about to look it up but it comes out in trade it's she hulk Mariko Tamaki wrote She-Hulk Deconstructed, and it's about what Jennifer Walters goes through after she wakes up after being in a coma because of Thanos and realizing her cousin, the Hulk, is dead. And it's real good. It deals with things about grief and figuring yourself out and anger. It's just really well done. I really recommend it. It's a very short run. I wish it was longer, but it's good. So She-Hulk is my recommendation. Excellent. Well, alrighty. We will see you next time. If there's anything that you noticed that we didn't, if there's anything that you feel like you should add, any theories about this or any other issue we've covered, feel free to send them to us. We have two modes of communication. Mm -hmm. If you want to get hold of us via email, we're at once more with feelings podcast at gmail.com. And then if you want to tell us how you think Woden's going to die, you can tell us still on Twitter 
at feelingscast. All right. Bye, Kate. Bye, Christina.